0: Could you talk a little bit more about what those emergency powers bills do and how you were able to get the governor to be on the same page as you guys
1: well i'd like to say it was jedi mind tricks um, (laughs) but let's actually give credit uh, where credit is due today
0: we are discussing some of the crucial pieces of legislation that passed during this last legislative session brad wilson the speaker of the utah house of representatives joins me today to talk about the great pieces of legislation that passed and what work still needs to happen. Speaker Wilson, thank you uh, for joining us and welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Harry. It's great to be with you today.
0: Now, you obviously have a little bit more experience than me, but from what I could tell, we had a pretty productive session, um, even amidst the pandemic. So are you proud of lawmakers and what they were able to accomplish?
1: You know, it's so interesting. We had such a long kind of grueling year in 2020 with dealing all with all the issues the legislature dealt with, multiple special sessions, and everyone rolled into the 2021 session uh, ready to go. Uh, we had a significant number of big policy lifts that occurred, and uh, we had a very successful session, I think, in almost every way. Uh, a real successful and smooth budgeting process. We, I think, made big investments for the state. Uh no issues really managing the pandemic, at least up here with the spread of the virus, which was a real success. A lot of states have not been that uh, fortunate. And uh, lawmakers left here, I think, feeling really good about not just how the session went, but the big policy levers that we pulled.
0: You had quite a few big ticket items on your list of priorities this year. Um, And you saw a lot of success in getting them passed. Um, On our website, we actually have a document that outlines the major policy goals of the House Majority Caucus. And I just want to talk about each of those with you real quick. So for our listeners, those topics are to broaden economic success, build a connected future, extend opportunity for all, and balance emergency powers. So let's just start off with uh, broadening economic success, uh, your first priority. What does that mean? And what was the legislature able to do this session to accomplish that?
1: So it's so interesting, you know, when you are really thriving as an organization or a state or even as an individual, sometimes it's hard to figure out where to go next. You know, how do you keep winning? But our strategy going into the session was we've had the fastest growing state in the country for a decade. Our economy is one of the strongest top two or three in the country. But uh, we need to keep thinking about that and reinventing ourselves as a state, determining what makes the most sense for us as we move into this post pandemic economy. And so that's what that uh, was really all about. How do we look at the opportunities that exist so that our next generation has the same opportunities that we've had. And so that's what our framework was. And then we had, you know, under that framework, we had a lot of policy objectives that we decided to put forward And we executed against all those. We actually were successful in passing all the policy priorities we had under that economic success uh, framework. Which one are you most excited about? Well, it's kind of it's kind of like picking your favorite child, right? (laughs) Uh, uh, You love them all, and uh, the tax relief was significant. I mean, to have the targeted tax relief that we had for seniors, for the military, and for working families. I mean, what a great thing uh, to help those those groups of our citizens succeed, that was really important uh, to me. And I think to all of us, um, we really completely tipped over in a good way how we think about recruiting companies and economic development incentives to the state in the future with a much bigger focus on growing existing companies. And for those companies that we are going to incentivize to come here, we said to them, we want your investment in the state and the investment we create when you come really benefit Utahns, not mm-hmm. just the company. So, so that was something that was really important to us um, as well. And then, you know, we, we've got these big ticket kind of items out there that are really these big gears in terms of economic development. The point of the mountain, mm-hmm. the development out there. I mean, that has the ability to create 30,000, 40,000 jobs oh, wow. over the next two decades. And so we made some strategic investment in that and pass some policy around that to ensure that that keeps moving forward in a really successful way. I mean, I don't think most Utahns have an appreciation for the groundwork that's been laid there yet. And when that thing starts to blossom, it is going to be a real showpiece for the whole country to look at us and see what we've done.
0: Now, with this topic relating to broadening economic success, how how do we help rural Utah not feel left out?
1: Yeah. So such a good, good question. So there's a number of things that um, you know we have done over the last year, whether it's a big investment in broadband uh, in mm-hmm. rural Utah, we did um, pass a number of pieces of legislation to sort of help look at economic development incentives uh, for companies to relocate or grow in rural Utah. And Interestingly enough, you know, we 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 made a big investment in infrastructure uh, in the state. One of those elements of infrastructure investment, though, was was in recreation. Yeah, and rural Utah is the place that a lot of people on the Wasatch Front go to play, and they spend their money there. um, They stay in hotels there, and we are made a big investment, in particular, in our state parks, which uh, a majority of them are in rural Utah. So I think that will help that group. But the, the truth be told, we still have a lot of work to do with rural Utah. I've pulled together a group of our rural lawmakers regularly over the last two years to try to help create alignment and bring us together to figure out what a number of those things are. And I think we still have some work to do. So a lot of room to grow in every area of
0: Utah. Yeah, that's right. Perfect. Well, next on your list is to build a connected future. Now, we've already talked extensively on our podcast about the historic investment in infrastructure for roads and rail, as well as our increased access to recreation, as you just mentioned. Um, So let's just take this time to talk about our most favorite topic to ignore, and that's water. Utah, being one of the driest states in the nation, it's essential for us to have good water policy. And this year was a big win for Utah in protecting our water. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, so you layer on top of the infrastructure needs of roads, rail, recreation, water, and you know, here at the beginning of spring or maybe the middle of spring in the state, um, one of the driest springs we've had, mm-hmm. water is top of mind for everybody, and it's a real worry. the The big legislation that we ran that deals with water is really how do we manage our most, arguably, our most important water source in the state, uh, the Colorado River. Mm -hmm. And nearly half of all residents in Utah get their water from the Colorado River. So we passed a bill, House Bill 297, which creates the Colorado River Authority. And in its simplest form, Harry, what this organization will do is it will protect and manage the Colorado River resource for Utahns today and in the future to make sure that we're managing that water effectively and that we're working in a collaborative way if at all possible, with our neighboring states mm-hmm. as we send that water down to the lower basin. We're part of the upper basin where the majority of the Colorado River is generated, but we send the majority of the water down to the lower basin states and just got to make sure our interests are kept in mind as
0: well. So why was this legislation necessary? Is there something that we're doing or not doing
1: that's, that's not working? What we've found is that, uh, in particular, the lower basin states have authorities very similar to what we established in House Bill 297. They have organizations that are dedicated to and focused on the preservation, protection, and in some cases, actually, the acquisition of water Mm -hmm. out of the Colorado River. And we were a little outmatched, to be frank um, about that. And we just thought we need to be dedicating. This is our most important, one of our most important natural resources in the state, and uh, we're a little bit outgunned and outmatched right now in regards to that. And so President Adams and I actually were the sponsors of this bill. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I think it's the only bill arguably we ran, the two of us, this session, because it's that important. As presiding officers, we said we need to make sure we make this a priority. So we are just putting Utah on a level playing field. Yeah, that's right. And, and there's going to be some work over the next decade done to look at allocation of use of the Colorado River water and some other uh, conversations about its future use that we thought we needed to be ready for. And so that's what this was, was more of a proactive approach at looking at the, the highest and best use of that water for the state of Utah.
0: And would this include uh, any conservation efforts?
1: So conservation efforts, we've actually been very successful uh, in conservation over the last decade. Uh, we've increased our conservation uh, outcomes by nearly 30% uh, as a state. Uh, which is a good thing. And Mm -hmm. we need to do more of that. Uh, Conservation has to be part of the dialogue moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. There's just no way for us to grow uh, as a state and have a place for our kids and grandkids to live if we don't continue to get better and better at conservation. And there's still some low hanging fruit uh, out there. So we'll keep working on that as well. Okay.
0: Well, let's move along real quick uh, to talk about your next area of priorities. And that would be to extend opportunity for all. Now, the House Majority Caucus focused on expanding those opportunities in healthcare, education, and in housing. And there were quite a few significant bills that passed. Um, But can you talk about what you feel are your two or three most favorite or most important pieces of legislation to pass this year for Utah to extend those opportunities to everybody throughout the state?
1: Well, let's start with mental health. Um, This bill didn't get much fanfare, but I think in terms of high leverage bills that are going to make a big difference in the future, Representative Peterson passed a bill creating an education and mental health coordinating council. And to just kind of boil it down, we have a lot of very siloed efforts being put into mental health for our students, but unfortunately not much collaboration between different government, education, and private sector organizations trying to determine where are we duplicating services and where do we have gaps? Yeah. So that's what this... Uh, organization or this council will do uh, moving forward. And then, really, I think, you know, in terms of education, the big win was just in the budget. You know, yeah, I mean, that it was historic. Record amount of money we put into public education, whether it was teacher bonuses or the big increase in the weighted pupil unit um, and the other investments we made. That's really where education was the, the big winner. And doing all that, really, in many ways, before the session started. It was by far the funnest session I've had in terms of education funding and just watching uh, how grateful educators were uh, for that investment from the legislature. And, you know, I, uh, I have line of sight in my day job to housing, you know, the other issue yeah. that you talked about. And, um, boy, there just was a lot of effort put into that, both in terms of investment in creating affordable housing million went into affordable housing and homelessness um, and and managing our homelessness problem across the state. So that investment was made, but coupled with that, we passed some important policy. Uh, In particular, I'll just highlight uh, Representative Elison's bill on looking at changing the way we govern our homelessness problem in the state Mm -hmm. and creating a more streamlined and coordinated effort there, um, which we actually have seen come to fruition uh, with the appointment of uh, former Senate President Wayne Niederhauser uh, to manage the homelessness efforts across the state. So lots of good work done in housing. Now, was it enough? Probably not. Um, Really the the opportunity for us moving forward is we have a really significant supply problem with housing. There's so much demand Mm -hmm. and supply is so short what that demand looks like to bring those into equilibrium over the next couple of years, I think is going to take additional effort.
0: So do you think that these areas, healthcare, education, and housing are going to be part of your goals moving forward
1: to expand each of those areas? My perspective is these are perennial issues. Um, mm-hmm. Healthcare, education, and housing will never go away. We've made a lot of progress in all three of these this session, whether or not they're kind of the main areas of focus next January when we fire this thing up again. It's a little hard to tell. yeah. But they will still be important issues for the state. My sense is that very likely they may make the top 10 list again. Okay. <laughs> and, and part of the reason why, Harry, is as the state grows, these are some of the things that you just have to get right. Yeah. We have to. And so we'll keep at it.
0: Okay. That's good to hear. Well, the last thing on your list was to balance emergency powers, and this is an interesting one, especially if you follow anything that's happening on the national level regarding state legislatures and their governors. In Utah, though, there was a lot of collaboration here between both the legislative branch and the executive branch, and you were able to get the governor on board. So could you talk a little bit more about what those emergency powers bills do and how you were able to get the governor to be on the same page as you guys?
1: Well, I'd like to say it was Jedi mind tricks, um, <laughs> but let's actually give credit to, uh, where credit is due. So each branch of government has very distinct and discrete responsibilities and roles. And um, the legislative branch has primary responsibility for policy. The executive branch takes the lead in execution and management of government. And um, so we had some great bill sponsors, Senator Vickers, Representative Peterson uh, from the House, and. The truth is um, we have a brand new governor who came in and said, listen, you know what? I recognize my role is execution and the legislature's role is policy and uh, was very collaborative. I uh, mm-hmm. give him a lot of credit and Lieutenant Governor Henderson as well for saying, we want to do our job really, really well as a, as an executive branch. We need you to do your job really, really well as a legislature. And there was some back and forth, but uh, This process of coming to an agreement on how to balance the roles and responsibilities of the different branches of government went really well here in Utah, Um, quite honestly. Yeah, especially amid a pandemic. Yeah, much better than it's going in other states. Um, There just was a a lot more collaboration, a lot less sort of siloed thinking, and it worked uh, really well. So props to the bill sponsors and to our new governor and lieutenant governor for being very thoughtful and uh, collaborative in that way.
0: Do you think there, both of their experiences, both the lieutenant governor and the governor, in the legislature has helped them really understand uh, what goes on um, in policymaking?
1: Absolutely. And um, it, it has been a real benefit. And I, you know, I don't think the electorate thinks uh, a tremendous amount about that. But the truth is, having an experienced uh, governor in both branches of government, I, I think, is serving us well. Uh, mm-hmm. As a state, you know, we'll see how things progress. Maybe we're still in the honeymoon phase, <laughs> but uh, I actually think that uh, we're in for uh, a pretty successful time working with the governor, and we're going to have our disagreements. But uh, one thing that, uh, you know, all people think we can do is agree to disagree at times and still get along with the big issues.
0: Oh, good. Is there anything that's, that's all the questions that I have for you? But is there any other topic or area of priorities for you that you want to make sure we address during this episode?
1: You know, probably not necessarily that, other than just stating a year ago, Harry, we were preparing for the first of multiple special sessions mm-hmm. to deal with the pandemic, to cut budgets, to deal with emergency health orders, to figure out ways to, to manage this. And we find ourselves in a different spot today. Um, we find ourselves in a spot where We uh, continue to see uh, the economy doing really well, coupled with the pandemic uh, lead indicators getting better and better every week. And um, I had a friend who just got back from a, well, not state which state, but a Midwestern state call me um, at the end of last week and uh, just say to me, I had no idea how well Utah was managing things until I went to XYZ state. I am so grateful uh, to be a resident of Utah. Things are so much better here. And I hear a story like that almost every day from someone who says Utah has done this really well. And it's a function of, I think two or three things. One, we had a good tailwind going into the pandemic a year ago, but we have really good people here who've done the right thing for the right reasons. Um, And I also think we've, understood the role of government while at times not perfectly better than a lot of other places. And those, all of those things combined has left us in a variable, a very enviable spot, this estate. And so uh, we'll see, you know, we've got more work to do. Uh, we're going to have a special session here in May, most likely uh, to deal with some of this federal money that's coming at us. And um, we'll manage that as well as we're able to, and just keep going.
0: Okay. well, thank you again for all that you do, uh, Speaker, and thank you to every single representative and senator in the legislature for all the work that you've done this past year and a half. I know it's been quite crazy. Well,
1: same to you, Harry. Thank you.
0: Well, there you have it. Utah has done a lot of things right uh, when it comes to the pandemic, and we continue to invest in our state in historic ways that will help us leap into the future and be competitive in all areas of the economy. Thanks for sticking with me through this episode, and we'll see you next week.